This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week, Lancashire Derby's return to Turf Moor as the Clarets take on Blackpool. This is the Known and Never podcast. And welcome to a bumper edition of the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley. And right now, we are going to sandwich together two shows in one. Listeners, you are very, very lucky. We are going to save you the trouble of a dual listen this week. We are going to have a look back at an analysis show, a looking back at that preview, um, sorry, the Blackpool game and the midweek cup game. And then we're going to have a little look ahead to the Wigan game this weekend in the preview show. I am joined this week by a whole host of known and ever team members in the studio analysing those games. I've got my colleagues Rich and Tom and we're of course going to be joined for the preview show by Statman Dave and our FPL expert Adam Dennett. Gentlemen, let us kick straight in here because we're going to start with Saturday and we're going to have a look through all of our games but we're going to start with a return of Lancashire derbies to Turf Moor. Rich, very exciting to have all of these games back. Yeah, Lancashire Derby, a fantastic atmosphere at, at, at Turf Moor. Two teams really going head-to-head with each other. And, you know, people said that they got a bit bored with Daichi's uh, style of football, nil-nil draws, one-nil. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well certainly wasn't boring, whichever way you look at it. Uh, but it was equally frustrating as it was entertaining, I think. Yeah, well, let, let's stick with you because uh, we'll, we'll talk to you more about that Blackpool game before we move on and, and bring Tom in uh, to, to particularly talk about the Cup game. Um, it looked to me, you know, it was, it was a classic derby. I thought the atmosphere was weirdly a little bit flat, possibly because it was Blackpool. And whilst they are a, a derby arrival, it's not really a, a massive, we're not really that bothered about them. There's not really an awful lot of hatred there. Um, but it was a packed turf more, lots of travelling fans. You know, 14 minutes in, 2-0 up, it looked like it was going to be an absolute thrashing. Yeah, in the previous games, we've lacked about our lack of creativity in front of goal and how we struggled to put the ball in the net. And we kept saying, if we go 1-0 up, you know, it'll be a different story. And like I said, after that first first 15 minutes, it was fantastic. The football was flowing. It was quick. You know, we were incisive with it. Fantastic finish from Brownell. 
who seems to be getting better and better as the season's going on. I think we've got an indication of what Teller's going to bring us. He's obviously got lightning pace. He's got the ability to run in behind. And it was a fantastic ball from Howard Belly. So I think settling in well. And yeah, fantastic finish from Teller. And with 20 minutes gone, it was looking rosy. You know, we conceded a goal. And I'm sure we'll analyse the defence of Murich. And, but, you know, Teller's got another fantastic goal. Put it into the top corner. 3-1, looking really good at half-time. And unfortunately, it's hard to analyse that second half, really, because it just completely fell away, didn't it? Just shambolic defending, nervy, couldn't get a foothold in the game at all. And as soon as Blackpool scored that second goal, it, it, um, you know, it really, you know, we was, could have, you know, we could have easily lost on another get day. And it was compounded yeah. by a real rash moment for Matson, And we're going to lose in now for the next two league games. Um, so in what was... You know, there was positive to take out of the game. The way I was feeling on, you know, for quite a few days after it, to be honest, was just a real sense of flatness and frustration that we didn't get the win. Yeah, definitely. And, and Tom, that was that was kind of echoed um, by VK's post-match interview as well. He seemed to be absolutely seething. But I think the wider concern problem... Are we sure to be using concern and problem words this early in the season? But I guess the wider point is that we've played, what, five games now in the start of this season... And we haven't yet had a, a proper full 90 minutes from this team. They've had a brilliant 45 minutes and then a either a meh 45 minutes or, in the case of Blackpool, a really terrible 45 minutes. So, I mean, is there a pattern emerging here? Is this inexperience? Is it just that the team's not gelled yet? Is it that we can't play that style of football for, 40, for a full 90 minutes? It's, you know, have you, have you started to see anything yet that you think you can put your finger on? Um, I think probably we have had one decent nine. As I, I said, Huddersfield, um, obviously we went as on top and free flowing as we were in the first half. The second half, I thought we managed the game really well and obviously that was what was lacking on Saturday. Um, I, I think probably at this point, you have got to put a lot of it down to a change in the playing style. You know, you, you have to remember, we've got a new manager, we've got however many new players it is now. We're catching them with not even Forest, the amount of new players we're signing. Um, and yeah, and the style obviously is a complete overhaul as well. And it's not as if it's just been tweaked slightly; it's gone from one end of the spectrum to the other, pretty much. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we've got to learn. And the only way you learn really is by playing games. Um, you know, we didn't have that many friendlies. A lot of the players that are playing now weren't, weren't playing in the friendlies, and you know, probably sitting three one up at half time. Um, and having a team, you know, come out as in the second half, it's not really a scenario that we faced. You know, the Huddersfield game where we had them. You know, I mean, they were really weak. You know, really. Just the hands on there, they couldn't get near us. Whereas um, Blackpool, uh, you know, come out and had a go, and we found that difficult to cope with, I think. So, yeah, I think it's just the fact that it's uh, something that we've not dealt with before. And the main thing is you learn from it, you know, it went badly, but um, like you say, Seamac Company had a bit of a handle on what went wrong. And if, if that scenario arises again and you do better, then that's what you can ask for, really. Yeah. Um, two particular talking points, um, I guess, Matt's and aside, Rich, were um, the first one being, uh, which I'll, I'll bring to you, would be, and it's probably a controversial point actually as well, is um, our keeper. Now, Charlotte on the show a couple of times has been laughing about how he's given her a bit of a heart attack at times. We've got, uh, Saturday's game against Blackpool was the first time that the crowd really got on his back. And I'm going to be very clear here. I was not a fan at all of the crowd reaction um, to Murich. I thought it was awful the way that they were that they were being. The problem that VK and the keeper is are facing is that Burnley fans are not known for having an awful lot of patience, and they don't like 
messing around at the back. So when you've got a keeper, they've obviously got a style where they want to play out from the back. But if it goes horribly wrong and it concedes a goal, which it did a couple of times um, at the weekend, fans turn very, very quickly. And I mean, have we ended up with a bit of a keeper crisis, possibly unfairly, so early in the season? I think... uh... I agree with a lot of what you said there, Natalie. I think using the words crisis is quite hyperbolic in that situation. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think Muric has been very good for the first five games. I think, yeah, listen, the first goal is, is, is one of them. You can look at it from different angles. He's not received a great ball back from Roberts. He's played it into Cullen. Maybe his first touch could have been a little bit better. Ultimately, in that situation, should he have probably just toothed it up the pitch? Yeah, 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 of course he should have done, especially at 2-0. Um, I completely, 100% agree with you. There's no need to boo him no. or be sarcastic. What, that was what, awful. What good does that possibly achieve for a young player, you know, a team that's developing when they're under pressure, get behind the team? That's something that you can maybe show your frustrations, you know, after the game or whatever, but just part that at, at the side. Yeah. I'm not one of them who thinks you should just you know, constantly praise the team when they don't deserve it and be Mr. Positive all the time, which is something that frustrates me a little George. bit on Twitter. <laughs> George. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that. We, we, I think George is, you know, a bit up and down, but I think George will... will We're will teaching him. We're teaching him the ways, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> you know, if, if it's deserved. But then Mumich made three fantastic saves. Yeah, he, he did. Made oh, my God. Save. So, it's a really hard one. We're not going to change the way we play. No. Nope. And if you don't like it, then everybody's got a choice whether they like it or not. We've got, we've got, sorry, listeners, we've got all sorts of, we've got, sorry, I have a quick pause here because for some reason on our, on our call, Tom Whitaker is appearing about six different boxes in our Zoom meeting. We've got feedback on all of them. So I'm going to stick him on mute. Sorry, listeners. There you go. Let's not bother editing this out. We're just going to stick him on mute. Carry on, Rich. What were you saying? Sorry about that. I, I wasn't trying to call <laughs> we, we all did. Felt, we've all got it. Like, oh, here he is. <laughs> I felt like Tom was the Grim Reaper over my shoulder then, just actually. <laughs> It made us all stop, listeners. We were all like, this what is... Tom crazy. was uh, Sean Dyson's goal, so. <laughs> yeah, that, that was chaotic even by our standards, both me and me. And oh, God. Sorry, we'd, we'd lost trade, but yes, you were just about to talk, which is the point I was about to come on to, about the style of play that we are going to play, yeah, and that listen, is absolutely right. We've gone from the ultimate long... Listen, we were a long ball team. You know, we've gone from a real long ball team to a team that's had the most possession in the championship, and at, at times it's frustrating. But then, you know, when was the last time we scored three fantastic goals like that in the first half? I know. You know, it, it's a it's a real difficult one. And I can understand people different directions. But for me, if you're going to boo, just stay at home. If yeah, you're gonna, I agree. I, I get being, and, and, and I get everybody's got an opinion. There were certain people who stayed at home because they didn't like Dyche's style and that's fine. There's certain people, if they don't like Murich and what he's doing, just stay at home then. Yeah, that's, and that, that there's no point booing a young lad and a young yeah, keeper. I agree. Well, and yeah, no. that, that's what I meant about when I was talking about about the, the crisis, which is when you've got a crowd reacting to him like that, yeah, and okay, they are yeah, doing yeah. that. That's what creates it. It creates us an imaginary crisis, and it well, that's what everybody's talking about. It's completely unjustified. Well, I'll hold my hands up. I told the fella next to me to shut up. Oh, good for you. Good I for did, you. like I said, I said because this new guy's coming to sit next to me. All he does, all, all he's doing in these new games is whinging, whinging, whinging. Like, why'd you come then? Like, just constantly, there's a difference between analysing the game and being critical at times and, and just absolutely abusing a, a player. Yeah. Like, it, 
you know, and, and, and you know, and, and a few people were getting, and you could tell there was good, and listen, it is a minority, I felt. But yeah, I agree. Time, but it, but as Gary it's there, and it was said, very vocal. The, the majority in society these days are very loud, aren't they, when it comes to uh, a, a majority of different subjects. So, yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, when you look at the last two goals, they weren't Murich's fault, were they? It's not- no, and he kept, his, he kept, he got us a point. Yeah, we should have exactly. had three, but he got us a point in the end. Um, exactly. But to, but to be analytical, so in my last point, I think yeah, there are times that when that pass is not on, and you know you're going to put Josh Cullen under pressure there, you know, just hit it a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you that will come Mendy, with experience, won't it, Rich? Yeah, you look at what Mendy did against Chelsea, a top goal, he gave the ball away, and Edison and Allison do it, and it's just every now and again it is going to happen. I'm I get more frustrated with us with passing around at the back. Yeah, passing between like Taylor and Arwood Bellis. Oh. To Taylor. Especially with 10 minutes to go when you need three points. Yeah, My exactly. god. Like, like, like against Hull more than what Murich has been doing. So I know that was a, a little bit long-winded, but um yeah, that's just my thoughts. So just just get behind the lad because he's, he's a young kid. This this young team's gonna make mistakes. It yeah, is frustrating. Course, yeah. And I and I seen a tweet and, and I thought it was a really good tweet actually. I felt Saturday was a little bit of an overspill after getting relegation, a little bit of that frustration being let yeah. out of the, Oh, that's a really good point. And it, it wasn't just that game, you know. I remember that game against Newcastle. Everyone was just so shocked and upset. There wasn't an outpouring of emotion. No. And, Saturday's frustration seemed to, it wasn't just that second half to me, it was a, the kind of frustration of what's gone before in the relegation a little bit. That's, that's a really good point. And I think, like I say, we'd, we'd not really had a chance to, um, the fans that were annoyed that Dyche got sacked never had a chance to get that out of the system because Jackson came in straight away and suddenly got us into a, a survival fight. So we were preoccupied with thinking, oh my goodness, we might actually stay up. And then by the time the season had finished, we then got relegated and the shock of that, because we weren't expecting it and perhaps naively from us, but we fully thought Leeds were going to go down that last game of the season. And then straight away in the summer, while we're all away, we get a brand new manager, a whole new team. And there's a feeling amongst everybody where it's like, well, you know, you've got to support them. And you're right. You know, as much as you try and build to lose a two goal advantage twice um, and then end up only getting a point out of that game could well have been just an outpouring of some some built up frustration. Um, I really like that. That's a really good point. Whoever tweeted that, bravo. Um, Tom, just very quickly staying on the key point before we move on. Um, for me, the absolute benefit of having this keeper, and I'm only just starting to realise it as much as we are now, is the opportunities that it creates for the rest of the team when you are playing so quickly out. You've got an opposition who are trying to attack your goal and they haven't got time to almost stop and change their weight and start running back again. And you're already three quarters of the way up the pitch because you're pressing high and you're pushing them to, to create these chances again. And it's it's leaving opposition teams massively exposed and creating a lot of chances for us. And I'm really, really enjoying seeing us play that way. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the Blackpool game, but I'm assuming from the three goals that we were creating a lot more than we have been in the yeah. previous yeah, um, I, when it works for me, like um, there's things that I don't like about this football, and there's things that frustrate me. But Mjoric isn't one of them because I think he's got it. What he does, you know, one or two passes. I mean, having seen that goal back, I mean, it, yeah, you could say maybe Cullen's not the right option, but it's not as if he completely slices it straight to an opposition player or something. Cullen, you know, can can lay it back or or have yeah. a side. There's, there's the blame's not totally on Mjoric for me there. 
No, uh, I agree. I think he knows what he's doing with it. I think what you said there is is kind of what's what's lacking. I think at the minute it's the it's the speed of the the attacks. So if Murich is getting it and he's rolling it out to someone, and like Rich said, then it goes back to the center off. It's very slow, um, but I think the advantage is, you know, if we are, especially if we are winning and the opposition are pressing him, if he picks his pass well, you, like you say, if you've got three pressing, you know, you can bypass three in one go. Then you've got space in midfield, and the midfield looks like the best component of our team this year. Um, but I just don't think we've got the balance quite right there. I just don't think the, the speed of the counter attacks there, like it was against Huddersfield. But you can see, you can see what the thinking is, and and I think Norwich is more than more than good enough to do it. So. That's uh, yeah, it's not one of my pressing concerns, um, uh, and I think again, that's one of the things that will come with uh, with time. Yeah, definitely. Um, sticking with you then, Tom. Sorry, just as you put yourself on mute, I'm going to stick with you. Um, I, I'm, I hate to be banging this drum to death, but is one of your pressing concerns the fact that when we take Jay Rodriguez off, and there is nothing left? Um, I been yeah, I've been done with Barnes for quite some time, but that last what half an hour or so that the Barnes played against Blackpool was embarrassing I'm not entirely sure he got much of a touch of the ball and that dive that he did in the corner to try and win a free kick miles away from the box when he could have tried to create a chance and could have gone back ahead was was embarrassing um we're still being told that we don't need a striker but there are rumors that we are trying to go for a striker is that still one of your pressing concerns? Or given that we managed to score three goals in a game, are you no longer as concerned? I think, um, obviously, the the model for us is we're like a little mini Man City, aren't we? Obviously, Man City didn't have a, a centre forward who was back in 15-20 last year. But I think if you look at our midfield, it's not at the same level of goals as Man City. Teller, obviously, two good goals on Saturday. <laughs> really? Oh, well, hot, <laughs> yeah. hot take, Tom. Hot take, Tom. Well, <laughs> relatively speaking, you, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't think the goal scoring midfield is in that midfield is in the same way. I mean, Brownell scored two crackers this season, but I still, well, maybe you'll prove me wrong. I know it did say he might come good in the championship, but for me, he's not. I'm not getting 10 out of Brownell. Um, Teller, obviously, a good start, but I don't know if he's, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he will get 10 or 15. I don't know, but. Yeah, I think we need we need an option. We need centre forward who's going to score. I mean, I was trying to think the other day. It was the last time Barnes actually scored from open play, and I think it was that one against Fulham where he like Rodriguez pulled it across and and he like slipped and fell over. And by falling over, he done with the keeper and then had an open goal. I, I think that was he meant it. That. He meant it, Tom. It, it was <laughs> yeah, skillful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the last bit of skill I've seen him produce. Then in that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Ashley. I mean, I think he scored maybe a penalty or two since then in about two years. Yeah. I mean, he just looks so out of his depth, doesn't he? And he looks so out of his depth in the Premier League. He looks so out of his depth in the Championship. It's and in, with respect to the way Vincent Cumbie is playing as well, he's, he's like, he sticks. Both him and Conor Roberts stick out like absolute sore thumbs in this side as just being square pegs in round holes. And it's it's getting more and more obvious every single game we play. Yeah, maybe Taylor to an extent as well as kind of being... But I feel like Taylor yeah. and Robert have got the, the kind of the skill set to learn to play it. Whereas sure. Barnes doesn't. Yeah, no, he doesn't. No, he's, just, he's just, uh, I mean, he was never like a brilliant player, was he? And I think he's, he's long past the show by date now. Yeah, yeah, I think you just, if you imagine a scenario where we're playing 10 or 15 games and, and Rodriguez is injured for them 10 or 15 and we've got to play Barnes, the amount of points we're going to drop with that, it's just. Oh. It's so, yeah, for me, we. Uh, yeah, we desperately need at least at least one more in that position, maybe two. But as you say, it seems now like that's where the focus is shifting. So hopefully we will get someone over the line before the window shuts. 
definitely. Um, Rich, it's a bit of a crazy league at the moment. And again, it, it's, it tends to do this every year. You forget just how competitive the championship and I'm still adjusting to how different this is from um, Premier League football. Um, we are, we've not exactly done amazing this season, but we are only, where are we? Ooh, quite a way down six. We're still only four points off top. So we start this, we're going to this weekend in 16th place. Ooh, that's a key place that you don't want to be put in the wrong league. Um, we've got six points from five games, but we're only four points off Sheffield United, who are league leaders. Um, I think, are we still in a position at the moment where we are pretty happy that we can just be there or thereabouts by the time we go into the World Cup break? And then after then, we'll have a better idea as to a settled squad, a settled starting 11 and a team that plays better together and push for it in the second half? Or is that too late? Oh, it's a really hard question, isn't it? Like, you know, if we're six, <laughs> if we're six, listen, if we're sixteenth by the time that international break comes, I think there's serious issues. But if we're four points uh, off 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 top, then it's looking pretty rosy. I think, you know, I've watched a few games, and you know, I've got a few other mates who, you know, going on to, who support Wigan, funnily enough, who've watched a bit of Burnley, and they just seem to think, you know, once it clicks, you'll you'll be all right, and and you'll be really up there. Uh, so. Well, listen, we've got to start winning games, obviously, haven't we? Um, you know, we've we've not won. I think we played six games, haven't we, to get six points, not five, if I'm right. Uh, um, have we had four draws or five? No, it's five, no, isn't it? At... Three draws and winning a loss. Yeah. Three draws. Yeah, it's five games. Yeah, yeah sorry. So, listen, it's, it's not a bad return, is it, from, from five games? Um, you know, there's been some really good stuff, some, you know, some average stuff, some poor stuff. I look at, there's, there's been a few, you know, three games in particular, you know, three draws against Luton, Hull and Blackpool where, you know, we, you know, we should have at least won one of those and on, an, on another day we would have done, you know, even Watford, I don't think we deserve to lose. So, and it's one of them, say you get four points from your next two or back-to-back wins and all of a sudden it, it looks really rosy again, doesn't yeah. it? But, but, but say you only get one point from the next, next two and you do start to get a little bit concerned then, but, you know, if anybody who's played who, who has played sport at any level knows that if you're playing with players who you don't know, it, it is difficult and it's challenging. And you know, we've we've got a lot of young lads who you can tell's got talent, but they're not experienced at this level. You know, Tom may disagree with me at this, but I feel the championship's got better since we last went down. I won't say any of the teams we played are amazing, but they just seem better drilled to me. Um, you know, like Luton, you know, Blackfield, you know, they seem to all have ways of playing and you know, that, that's the team who's been together for a long time and obviously we've not. It's just going to, it's hard and it's frustrating, but it is just going to take patience. The only other thing is, are these lads good enough to make the step up? We've seen little bits. Again, who 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 knows, time will tell. You know, we've not seen Cherlinov play. Benton, to me, looks too lightweight. I don't think Vitinho's a winger, so does he play, where does he get in at fullback? You know, I think, I think we desperately need a striker and a centre half. I think we need a commanding centre half yeah. and, a, and, a, and a really good striker. My issue defensively is who's organising that defence. Yes. I think oh Howard Bellis. I think Howard Bellis is a great talent. I think Taylor's done okay so far, but it's obviously he is at a centre half. So like, who's the one? Like, an example is we go, you know, we look, we go three. It goes three two. You get they get a corner two minutes later. Who's organising it? You know, that, that corner goal was terrible. They've got somebody at the back post who's free and they've got a lad who's scoring a tapping on the line who's free. That, that's where you need that little bit of maturity and that little bit of experience to lead it. So, 
going back to your initial question of where do you think we should be by the listen, we need to be in and a, in and around it, but will we be? I've got no idea. I've got yeah. no idea if, if we'll be top in two months' time or if we'll be 16th to the relegate to you know to 18. I think we'll Who be knows? somewhere in the middle, if I'm being honest. Okay, well that makes sense. Bye then. No, I like it. It's a good answer. Good answer. Tom, before we go on to, to preview the Wigan shit Wigan shame. Ooh, I love it. What a great error that was. I'm gonna sound like that, the Wigan shame. Oh my god, that's going to come back and bite me. That isn't it. Um, before we go into preview the Wigan game, we had a break from league worries in the uh, second round of the League Cup, and Tom, you took the journey down there. So I'm going to give you the floor. You give us a little bit of update as to what happened on Tuesday night, what the game was like, how we played, any concerns. Was there anything to report actually in the end? Yeah, I won't take long. <laughs> I'll give you thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I travelled, um, well, I was, you know, I thought it would be interesting because obviously the last few years in the League Cup, we're not really taking it very seriously at the die show. I was interested to see what companies do. He's talking about changing the players and stuff before the game, which you accept nowadays, most teams do it. Um, but then it was nice to see, you know, sorry, you and Riley play. Uh, first time I've seen Chilin off, obviously you got to start. Nice to see good Monson back. So that's kind of interesting, but it was really, <clears throat> it was very reminiscent of the whole game. It was basically just a team who put 11 men behind the ball we passed it slowly sideways in front of them. We didn't have a clue what to do to get behind them. There was no tempo. It was boring. In a word, it was boring. But we won. Um, and once we went in front in the second half, we didn't really look like we were going to concede. There was one goal that was disallowed for offside. It was a mistake by Keacock Farrell. But um, apart from that, I would say um, that we didn't really look under threat. It was only when they had set pieces that they put balls in the box. We looked a little bit nervous. But we were comfortable enough. And a win's a win. So, draw a line under that. Some players got minutes. We won. We're through to the next round. We've got a fairly easy draw, you'd hope. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's a positive. Overall, it wasn't a very entertaining game, but it was a positive. Good stuff. Uh, well, listeners, um, if you disagree or you agree with that, particularly I want to hear some feedback about that cup game, please, because I very much share that um, enthusiasm. I, I, I want us to... To, to start paying some attention to the Cups. Now, we don't have the pressure of the Premier League. Um, I'd love to see us go on a Cup run. So, you know how to get in touch with us. You can tweet us at None and Ever. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or you can email us at podcast at noneandever.net. So, let's move on because it's another week and it's another game and we have got something else that we need to look at. We are going to preview in the second half of this podcast, Wigan Athletic. It is another championship fixture Saturday the 28th of August Saturday the 27th of August 3 p.m kickoff and it's Wigan away um now we are going to have a look at this game but before we get on to the stats and facts about this next fixture we have a quiz question that we need to give you an answer to last time the last preview show we left you with this following quiz question which related to Burnley's home form during our true previous championship campaigns the question was how many Burnley victories were there from the 46 championship matches played at Turf Moor during 2013-2014 season and the 15-16 season combined. Tom, you're usually good at these quiz questions. Did you know what the heck Tom uh, Satman Dave was going on about with this question? Did you know the answer? Well, it's quite hard one to guess, and I could have sat down <laughs> on the but I don't have that much time on the answer. I don't, yeah, I reckon it must be a good amount, though. Um, 
even if you take draws into account, it's quite a lost money. So I'd, I'd have been tempted to stay just over halfway, maybe 25, something like that. That's That's you're, you're going 25. Rich, what did you guess, or did you? Um, 30, 30, uh, you can hear 30, the cogs going in the brain here, listeners. I can see it on the screen. 30, 31. 31. Oh, one of you is very, very, very close. It is not you, Tom Whittaker. The answer was 30. So you were only one of each. Now, we had uh, the, this week's quiz star was our very own FPL expert and analysis show member, Adam Dennett, who did a very good guess, we think, and got bang on 30, but nobody else got it right. Um, so, listeners, do not fret. You're going to get another chance this episode to have another go to quiz question. All you need to do is hang around to the end of the show and we will let you know what we are setting you this week. So let's start off with the preview show this week by going ahead to uh, Statman Dave and looking at the championship head-to-head, please. There are some clubs that Burnley have a long and memorable history with, but we have only spent a total of 10 league seasons in the same division as Wigan Athletic, who were founded in 1932 and didn't join the Football League until 1978. Of the 10 league seasons we've spent in the same division as Wigan Athletic, only three of those have been in the second tier, with one in the top flight and another six in the third tier. That makes the task of this week's championship head-to-head slightly more straightforward, especially when you consider that all three of Burnley's previous away games at this level have been goalless draws. That's right, there hasn't been a single goal to report in any of Burnley's previous three away trips to Wigan for second-tier league games. The three seasons in question were as follows. First of all, in 2003-2004, the teams met in Wigan on a Saturday afternoon at the end of January 2004. This was Stan Turnant's final season in charge at Burnley, and it was a rather uneventful trip to the JJB Stadium, as it was then known, on a pitch which was only in marginally better condition than the current one at Coventry. Burnley's Brian Jensen and Wigan's John Phelan both kept clean sheets, although in reality there wasn't a great deal of chances to speak of. The following season, 2004-2005, we had a new manager, Steve Cottrell, and our trip to Wigan was on a rather wet Tuesday evening early on in the season, in mid-September 2004. Once again, there were no goals to report. Danny Coyne was in goal for the Clarets and John Phelan was again in goal for the Latics. And it was his error in injury time at the end of the game which provided perhaps the best chance to break the deadlock. But Jean-Louis Valois blazed a shot over the crossbar and we had to settle for another nil-nil. We didn't face Wigan again in the second tier until the 2013-2014 season, although our paths had crossed in the Premier League in 2009-2010, when a Hugo Rodiega, he beat Brian Jensen with a late goal to give the hosts a 1-0 win. Anyway, back to 2013-14, and it was the 29th of December 2013 when we made the trip over to the DW Stadium. Under Sean Dyche, Burnley were on a good run in the league, but could only muster a point in yet another nil-nil draw, with few shots on target, although a David Jones effort was tipped onto the bar by Al Habsi in what was probably the best chance of the game. So, that's it. Three away games at this level, and three goalless draws. It will therefore come as no surprise that we have rested the memory match feature this week, 
and we can only hope that this Saturday's match can provide some more excitement and hopefully some goals for the visiting Clarets fans to enjoy. Okay, next section, uh, we normally look at uh, which players have had the unbelievable honour of playing for both Burnley and our opposition. Um, And Dave has, in fact, given us a load of information about players who have played for both Burnley and Wigan. Uh, Rich, you've had a look at this more than I have. Any names in that list that stand out to you? Yeah, um, obviously for listeners uh, who do listen to the show, they know I'm from Wigan, so this is uh, my absolute cup final. This is my Blackburn away, so we cannot lose this game. We're going out for a few drinks, uh, you know, me and, me and my pals before and after the game. So, uh, looking forward to it. But, yeah, a few come to mind. Obviously, uh, maybe did a little bit more for Wigan than us, but very good, silky Irish player in Alan Mann. And then another good Irish player in Chris McCann. who never quite fulfilled his potential, maybe, after he got that really bad um, knee injury. And, of course, at the moment, Wigan's captain. Do you know who that is, Natalie? Wigan's captain who played for Burnley in the latest promotion season. That's a question for you. Say that again. Who's Wigan's current so Wigan's captain? Current, Wigan's current captain, and he was in Burnley's squad in the season they won the league under Daesh. Hmm. Do you want a clue, or do you want me to hand it to Tom? Hand it to Tom. I think I know it might be, but I'm, I'm not that confident in my answer. Go on, Tom. I don't know who's the captain, but I think Ken Diderico is there in two Correct. Oh, Correct. I was going to guess that because I saw his face earlier on in a picture. Damn it. Yeah. I'm taking points for that. He plays in flip-flops half the time, so we'll see how he gets on. on. <laughs> so he's actually Wigan captain, is it? That's crazy. I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. he was still playing. Well, Dorico is a free transfer. Obviously, when Wigan went in administration, uh, ah, Dorico was a, was a free transfer and because of his injuries at Forest and they picked him up and obviously, you know, overall he has done well and yeah, he's yeah, he's captain. So he'll be oh. playing against us on uh, on Saturday. Oh, lovely. There's a couple of players in there as well who I've got a really... Uh, the, the, the team here, listeners, always completely rip me about this because I'm, I'm really stubborn and I don't I don't take... I take it personally when things go against us. But there's a, there's a few players in here who uh, are still not forgiven for leaving us. I think Danny Fox, one of them. Um, Chris McCann, I still fallen out with because he left us for bigger bright I think if, I get, if a player leaves us and he leaves us in a bad way and say oh I'm going to this squad because I've got more chance of X with a bigger team yeah, I'd be dead to me that's it I've let them off um, excellent well let's, let's move away from that one because I think we, we've got quite a, a few decent team there but do have a look at Dave's um, website if you want any more information on these listeners and I think we'll get producer Matt to tweet out the picture because it's pretty uh, it's pretty impressive it's quite a lot of this one actually and a lot of players who would be familiar with some of our uh, uh, younger listeners as well um well at this point we were going to hand back over to Statman Dave for our memory match but we've actually we've rested the memory match feature for this particular episode mainly because there's been only three nil nil draws to choose from in Burma's previous away matches against Wigan at this level so I, I think even even for Dave and his enthusiasm for stats that would have been um, a stretch to go into any of those games in detail. So instead, we're going to hand over to um, Progress with Unity, which is the Wigan Athletic podcast, and they're going to give us their opposition view ahead of this game. Hi, Barry Worthington here from the Progress with Unity Wigan Athletic podcast. Thank you for inviting me on to talk about everything about the Latics. Um, start to the season has been encouraging. 
we you know the step up from League One to the Championship is is uh, quite a big one, uh, but we did come up as champions last season and uh, we were very good last season to be honest, and we've not made many changes this summer. We've not brought a lot of players in. We've basically kept the same squad with just a couple of additions, and um, we've we've started the season um, really well. I've been really pleased. Two results stand out for me: the one-all draw away at. Norwich, we was under the cosh a little bit, but we did take the lead and we had an excellent opportunity to have gone 2-0 up, but unfortunately we didn't take it and I think Norwich got it with a, got back into the game with probably the, the, the only clear-cut chance that they had. So, although it was a very satisfying result, it's a, a result where we possibly could have dropped two points. Uh, going on to last Saturday uh, for the second impressive result this season we went down to Birmingham City and had Joe Bennett sent off after 10 minutes so we played for uh, well it was 86 minutes actually because it went into stoppage time we played 86 minutes with 10 men and totally controlled the game Uh, scored a goal in in 82 minutes and come away with a 1-0 victory which was very very pleasing but in, uh, I have to say that Birmingham City aren't the best team that will face this season, to be honest with you. They looked quite poor to me. Um, as we move into Saturday, uh, looking at the game between ourselves and Burnley, very nice to be playing Burnley again. We've not played each other for a, a number of seasons now, with yourselves being in the Premier League and us being up and down between the, uh, the Championship and League One the, the past few seasons. So it's, it'll be good for to reacquaint ourselves with each other. Uh, we'll approach the game in the same fashion that we approach every game. We play with two defensive midfielders. Uh, we play aggressive football. We um, play a lone striker. Probably Josh McGuinness will be starting up front on, on Saturday. Uh, supported with Callum Lang and uh, Will Keane. Who, Will Keane's been a bit of a revelation for us over the past 18 months. Um, also, we've got a, a superb defender that you may not be aware of, Jack Watmore. Picked him up from Portsmouth. He was the play, players' player. Oh, sorry, he was the fans' player of the season last season. Um, for me, for me, he's, desti- he's destined to play in the in the Premier League. He's absolutely superb. We nicknamed him the Bobby Moore of League One last campaign, and it looks like he's going to be the Bobby Moore of the Championship this season so, big future for Jack and uh, yeah, he's, he's a player for you to watch out for uh, As far as Burnley go I was very surprised when Sean Dice got the sack last season and may, may, did that contribute to you getting relegated? From the outside, I'd probably say it did uh, but you've uh, acted and brought in Vincent Kupane who I rate quite quite highly I think he's a cracking coach uh, I know he's worked a little bit with our former manager Roberto Martinez and they've had some close ties so yeah exciting exciting times for Burnley I suppose a new style of football as well you brought in two players that stand out to me first of all Scott Twine played uh, with Swindon Town initially and then MK Dons last season so I've seen him for the past two seasons and he's been brilliant he's, a, he's possibly the the best player in League One last season absolutely superb so you've got yourself a cracking player there and the lads you've brought in from Southampton on loan Nathan Teller absolute class I mean what a signing he is so I think he's going to uh, be a standout for you this season he could be the difference between Burnley getting into the playoffs or, or not so yeah so that's that's my forecast for you anyway I think you're going to finish somewhere between 8th and 8th and 
fourth. And as for Saturday, it's going to be a close game. We're undefeated. We're above you in the league. We'll finish Saturday in the same spot. Uh, I'm going for a one apiece. Anyway, um, if you want to catch our podcast, we'll be doing. Uh, we've got a Burnley preview out, and you'll catch us on Twitter at PWU Podcast. Thanks again for having me, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Okay, last last start before we, we move on to the discussion of the game. Then Dave has given us details. I think another staff actually given us details of the referee for this game. Um, James Bell of Sheffield is going to be in charge of the DW Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Um, there's not really actually a great deal that we can say about James Bell. Um, he's only recently been promoted to the select two group of officials, and this is going to be his first ever Burnley game. That's usually a moment, isn't it? Usually, yeah. Uh, usually get right ones when that happens. Um, he has been refereeing, Dave tells me, since he was in his teens, though. And although he's still only in his early 30s now, he has been mentioned as one for the future, earning a good reputation in League One and League Two. We do wish him... Dave, what is this script? Listeners, just, this is what Dave's giving me to read at the end of this. We wish him luck for the rest of the season. No, we don't. <laughs> and hope that he doesn't become the topic of course match discussion for the wrong reasons in the podcast. Yeah, okay, you can have that one, Dave. I'm going to have to send to Dave with some of these script messages we send me. Um, okay, I'm going to hand over to who am I going to go to? Eeny, meeny, miny, more. Tom. Um, thoughts ahead of the Wigan game. Very similar season to us, same amount of points, pretty much the same stats. Should be on paper then a pretty even game. Uh, but we're away from home, which always makes it difficult. And we've obviously come in away from league game where we dropped two points unnecessarily so what are you thinking ahead of that game yeah i think the biggest one for me uh, four four games without a win i think if, if we drop points again against a newly promoted team you start to get a little bit worried i mean not that i don't think we're in danger of getting into a relegation battle or anything like that but we're losing ground you know at the top yeah i don't think we're gonna a good side i think we should be beating them um I think another thing for me as well. You mentioned earlier the uh, you know the, the three nil nils about at this level. I think I've, I think this is my fourth trip to Wigan. I've seen a nil nil, one nil defeat, last minute goal by Victor Moses in the Prem, and then the first time I went, I was a kid uh, to Springfield Park and we got beat six one. And I always think I like you to you do a win, Tom. Uh, exactly, and I always think you've not properly tipped the ground up until your team barely win there. So, uh, <laughs> oh, is that is that your rule? Is that you've got to keep going back until they win? Good grief! Yeah, that's, that, that's my rule for sure. So, absolutely, unless yeah, many. So, for personal and for footballing reasons, I'd very much like us to to get the three points. Any changes, Rich, to the starting lineup that you'd like to see? I mean, obviously, we've got an enforced. Um, change with that stupid Matson red card. Um, what, what are we going to do? I don't really know what we're going to do there, whether we're going to put Charlie Taylor at left back and but we'll see. But Tom, is there any other... I will bet you a £10 on the game that it was Hugo Roderick who scored that last minute goal because I was a 17-year-old and I nearly cried after all my mates did me stick at the DW. They won 1-0 in the last minute. So I can remember it very okay. well. Can, can we get that to the in hand, gentlemen? Now you're having side bets Sorry. in the middle of our preview show. <laughs> Natalie, I'm not bothered who <laughs> plays, what positions. We've just got to beat that Lego plastic club who oh, half wow. of the supporters support Manchester <laughs> United. We've just got to beat them. Got to beat. We have got a terrible record there. We've just got to beat Wigan. This is my blabbing away. We've got to beat Wigan. But okay. I will be professional now. I Please, if, not- you, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> This isn't what I would do, but I think Vitinho will play left back after the cup game. I think he'll stick with 
Taylor and Harwood Bellis and Roberts will play right back. So we'll see how, if he can be bothered getting out of bed that morning, uh, Connor Roberts. And I think it will be the same attacking players playing. Maybe a change, maybe Churlin off or Benson may come in for Bastion on the wing. But I, I think it will be the same team, which might be quite nice having a little bit of consistency. Um, obviously, yeah. we've got to make an enforced. I think Matson got exposed a little bit defensively against Blackburn, but overall, he's been our best player this year. So I think Blackpool. we will miss him. We haven't played Blackburn yet, Rich. Black, Blackpool, sorry. Got exposed <laughs> Blackpool. So. Oh, don't be swearing on our podcast. It's a family show. Yeah. Family show. Um, um, so, yeah, but that's a blow. That is a blow. Tom, just a quick one going back to the cup game. Did uh, JBG, has he, did he do enough at the weekend to try and force his way into the starting lineup, do you think? Or is he now going to be a fringe player? I think he's going to take. He's been out for a long time. He's going to take a bit of time to get back into it. it he, he, he's come off at half time. Um, he missed a good chance at the back post, but uh, yeah, I can't see him starting at the weekend. But I think I don't think he's. Uh, you know, be a fringe player. I think once he gets back up to speed, I think you know he's, he'll offer something for sure. Good stuff. Uh, predictions then, please. Starting with you, Tom. Uh, let's say let's let's pretend that the second half against Blackpool will never happen, and let's just say another three-one. Excellent. Rich? I think it'll be a close game. I think Wigan will, you know, from what I've watched this season, I think they'll go for more with what Hull did and sit a little bit deeper behind the ball. They'll try and hit the channels, score goals from set pieces and corners. Um, so, but yeah, I'll go for 2-1 Burnley. We've got to win, though. Yeah, well, I, w- I was going to go 2-1, but for the sake of bringing some balance uh, for a third one, I'm going to go 2-0 instead. Um yeah, I think, I think that's how we're going to go. Uh, we're going to leave the Wigan preview then with the much-beloved feature and hand back to Statman Dave for his final comments um, ahead of the Wigan game while he gives you his miscellaneous stat of the week. Ian Matson, who was sent off for retaliation in last Saturday's home game against Blackpool, was the first Burnley player to be sent off in a match at Turf Moor for almost nine years. Prior to that, the last Burnley player to be dismissed at Turf Moor was Keith Tracy. That was in a League Cup tie against West Ham United in October 2013. Okay, we are now in game week four, listeners, of the FPL season. Um, Again, just because we haven't been able to get him in the studio yet, we haven't got um, Adam live yet to um, give us some analysis on um, what's happening in the No Never FPL League, but we did get some thoughts from him. So I'm going to hand over to my colleague, Adam, now, who's going to talk you all through what is happening in the No Never Fantasy Football League. Over to you, Adam. Hi, Adam here with a Game Week 3 No Never FPL update. Headlines from the week were Leeds' shock 3-0 win over Chelsea, and you could say Man United's shock 2-1 win over Liverpool. It wasn't a good week for uh, for the big team's defences, with only Tottenham and Arsenal managing to keep clean sheets out of the popular picks. And the team of the week reflects that, um, lining up in a 3-5-2 formation, and there's not many highly owned players in this team. In goal was uh, Martinez for Villa, um, after he saved Zaha's penalty in the defeat at Crystal Palace. Um, the back line, Salibre, who scored minus points last week, got uh, got 14 points. Uh, Perisic 12 points for Spurs and Veltman of Brightman with 8 points into the midfield Odegaard bagged a brace for Arsenal at Bournemouth uh, 16 points the highest scorer of the week Jack Harrison and Rodrigo from Leeds United are in the midfield 
carrying on their great form and great start to the season. And now their fixtures have turned um, and they both look really good FPL options going forward. Alan Sam Maximan can be a bit hit and miss, but was very much a hit against Manchester City with 13 points uh, in Newcastle's 3-0 draw. Also in the game, uh, team of the week from that game is Bernardo Silva, uh, rumoured to be on his way to Barcelona, so I don't think many teams will have picked him up FPL-wise, but also scoring a very impressive 13 points. And then up front, um, two strikers that you probably wouldn't expect to see, Shea Adams after his brace for Southampton in their win at Leicester, and Brendan Johnson um, after his goal in Nottingham Forest draw at Everton. That team would have got you 134 points. On to um, the No Nay Never League update and a top 10 rundown. In 10th place is David Clegg with 212 points. 9th, James Brindle with 214 points. And then joint 7th, we've got Jason Howarth um, and Graham Jennings with 215 points. Megan Locke, who I think has been in the top 10 every week, um, in good company team, is on 217. 5th place... Sam Grocott with 219 points. Um, fourth place, Sam Lee, uh, also with 219 points. Third, Dylan Crowther with 220 points. Second, Connor Ward with 228 points. And very tight at the top in the race for the Coverton No Name Never Manager of the Month for August. By one point in the lead is Brad Banks. So um, I think the only other news to bring you is that there are three game weeks coming in the next seven days. So the game week four deadline is on Friday at six o'clock, um, followed by there's a set of midweek games where the deadline is Tuesday at around 6pm. Just double check that one. And then the following weekend, game week six is on the Saturday. So yeah, three game weeks in seven days. Um, so make sure you're on the ball with changing your team, your subs, your captains. Um, and yeah, here's to Green Arrows, up the Clarets. Game's coming thick and fast, so the updates might be a bit sporadic. But the next time I give you an update, there will be an August Manager of the Month. And then final call from me. It is the last week this week. We're going to close it after this week. It is the last week that you can enter our league if you still want to. It's the Premier League's Fantasy Football League. So you need to get the app and you'll need to join. It's free. doesn't cost you any money. Register, pick a team and join the None and Ever League, which is the number nine, the number six, a small N for November, the number four, small J for John and small K for Kilo. Come and join the fun. Prizes every month for the Manager of the Month and an overall prize at the end of the season for Manager of the Month and the Cup winner. We then leave you then with this week's quiz question, which is as follows. We have already mentioned that all three of Burnley's trips to play at Wigan in the Championship have ended as goalless draws. But can you name the only three players to score league goals for Burnley at Wigan at any level prior to this season? You can tweet us your answers. Actually, send us a DM, please, and other people can't see them. You can send us a message on Facebook or you could submit your answer um, at the special preview show at nonanever.net. Listeners, that is all we have time for this week and it has been a pleasure bringing you all the talk ahead of that game at the weekend and after quite an eventful week at Turf Moor. 
my thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to make this episode to my colleagues tom rich dave and adam for all of their contribution across the board to producer matt for giving up a little bit of his time on holiday again he's always on holiday i'm always saying this um giving up a bit of his time on holiday to edit this and get it out there uh, but finally to you the listeners for downloading and listening to this episode your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you Godspeed to all travelling clarets making their way to the DW Stadium at the weekend. Bring back those three points. Do not boo our keeper, even sarcastically, and cheer them on to victory. We will see you next week for an analysis show. Actually, we might do one later on in the week because obviously we've got the Millwall game on Tuesday. So we'll see um, what we do about an analysis show. But another preview show will be brought to you ahead of that Millwall show. So keep an eye on social media and we will let you know when it's coming. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.